5: sitting here thinking here, well, two things during the break. Number one is I've got to go get some fresh tarragon. As soon as the show's over. Because you can't make brenade sauce without fresh tarragon. You can't use dry tarragon, you gotta use fresh. That that's not here and there. It just has to do with this fillet I'm gonna cook tonight that I have never cooked. Um, which is just odd, but it's definitely. but I was thinking also about this, you know, the last call we're talking about Harbaugh and you know, his you know, relationship with the Chargers. And 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 I'm kind of curious here is it fair to say that this is the most important coaching hire in, in a way of Arthur blank's ownership time with the Falcons as far as he is concerned he, he being Arthur blank on two fronts one because you built this you know gorgeous you know showcase stadium that's going to host World Cups and Super Bowls and Taylor Swifts and everything else you know and of course the national title game again next year uh, and all the things that it does, and you've had won MLS Cups, but you haven't had much of any success with the NFL franchise. You haven't been to the playoffs, so it'll be seven seasons by the time the next season kicks off, seven, since you've been to the playoffs. And at his age at 82, he has to be starting to wonder, you know, how, much, you know, how, how many more years do I have here as far as, you know, being able to control it? I think he'd probably go another 10, but uh, still at the same time, you know, you are eighty two, so he can't wait anymore. So in his world, in his mind, or is it fair to think that this is a a critical junction for, for the franchise and for him?
6: Yeah, absolutely it is. It's for all those reasons that you just mentioned. Um for what they did the last off season, for just the city in general. Like you just there's a there's an excitement missing down there. And this is a team that can bring that excitement that's been missing down there if the pieces are in place for that to happen, starting with the head coach and then the quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's it's just – it's it's time. It's also time. Yeah, so – and, you know, for the longest time in the NFL, the Falcons have sort of been a the answer to a joke. So I don't think Arthur Blank would like to go out as the owner with – the Falcons being the answer to a joke, the punchline to a joke.
5: Let's go to Joe. He's in uh, Atlanta. He joins John. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show.
7: Afternoon, gentlemen. What's uh, <clears throat> going on, Mr. Freaky, man? I still miss – Freaky, I'm sorry. I still miss you and Hugh in the morning.
5: Yeah, uh, well, I, you know, oh, he was knocking it up in Philadelphia. He's doing well. No doubt, no doubt. So
7: uh, tapping in on the uh, conversation – I think that uh one thing that you can see across the nFL as a is as a constant as far as teams that cultivate you know a championship culture is coach and the quarterback relationship you know you'll see over the years you'll see you know Hall of fame coaches coupled with uh Hall of fame quarterbacks, and not in all cases it definitely varies, but you'll see that that consistency quite a lot um as far as teams that win you know on a you know consistent basis, maybe a super Bowl here and there, but definitely consistently in, you know, championships as far as NFC championships, conference championships, so on and so forth, right? So I so my, the point I'm getting to is I think one of the more important things is that. The, the relationship, the quarterback and the coach, what kind of coach we get, that can create that type of, uh, you know, championship culture. And one name that I haven't heard of quite a lot, I did hear this, uh, a little while ago when we were talking about coaches who have won on the college and the NFL level, and that's Mr. Pete Carroll. Now, if he's not available, I understand he may not be available, uh, you know, as far as somebody that we could get. But if he is, I think that's by far one of the best options. I think Jim is definitely another one. But When you look at what Pete Carroll did with Russell Wilson and what Russell Wilson is now without Pete Carroll, and then what he did with Geno Smith, you know, we, I, it's, you know on, the, on the NFL level, it's obvious that this is a coach who knows how to take a quarterback and get the best out of it. So if, oh, we were I, get no like if we were to get a guy like
5: Justin Fields, yes, sir.
7: So I just think that if we were to get a guy like Justin Fields and I'll let you go, I think that if we no, do get no, a guy like me, Justin Fields.
5: Joe, let's just have a yes, conversation. I'm sorry. I no,
7: I, I, I didn't, didn't want to over-talk or, or, or over-extend yeah, myself. I I well, be, I,
5: you've made a lot of points here. I'd like to kind of throw yes, back sir. at you here. Yeah. I I don't want you to let me go. I mean, this is not the way this show works. Yes, You and I are just sitting around. We're having a chat here. I don't disagree with you. i The one thing I wasn't expecting in all of the coaching changes here um, was Nick Saban up and retiring quite like he did, and then for Alabama to turn to Kalen Abor. Suddenly there's an opening in Washington. Where does does Pete Carroll live? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on the block in the U-Dub. Yeah, Uh, so I mean – go back to college guess what he doesn't have to he, he doesn't have to Hun, we don't even have to move we move from the kitchen to the living room that's all we got to do uh, and so right, there right. is that um so uh, but I'm not a, I'd be happy with with Pete Carroll you did mention something else though, that I want to explore we talk mm-hmm. about Justin Fields we talk about drafting a Penix or a Daniels or trading up to get a Caleb Williams we've heard Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins and Ryan Tannehill what about Russ Wilson in Atlanta if Denver will eat the money to get rid of it, if they so desperately want to move on in Denver and they're willing to take a good chunk of that contract. What about Russ Wilson in Atlanta? That's a I I mean, it's, it's something to,
7: it's a conversation. I will definitely say it's a conversation. Uh, there's going to be a lot of skepticism with that because of how he's performed. Of course, since he's left Pete Carroll. Now, you know, you saw what he did this season, which was, you know, ultimately uh, significantly better than his first season in Denver. So I can't give him that much. But uh, you still don't see that Russell Wilson that we, you know, that we grew to love and that, you know, as far as fans of the game, that was just a guy that was, you know, out of this world when it comes to extending plays and, you know, making something out of nothing and so on and so forth. So, you know, when when you think about that version of Russell Wilson, it's very attractive. It really is. That, 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 is very attractive, but the concern is, can we get that version of Russell Wilson? Can can we get the coach that's going to be able to get that out of Russell or, you know, however that would work? But I, I, I definitely wouldn't close the door to that conversation. I will say that.
5: Thank you, Joe. Do appreciate it. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. J.D. is in swanee He's on with John. Hey, J.D.
8: Hey, how you doing? Hey, look, I got to tell you, in this whole conversation I've been really really frustrated at just how the local media is like willing to pile on Desmond Ritter for being a horrible quarterback when his numbers are in line including the turnovers with folks like Matt like uh, Tom Brady Matt Ryan things like that the big failure of the Arthur Smith era is he can't develop quarterback talent. He had two quarterbacks on his team, and they both play the exact same way. I think they hired him thinking that Deshaun Watson was a done deal. And when they didn't get him, all of a sudden, you got a sophisticated offense that you're trying to run with a college quarterback. Now, this guy wasn't a turnover machine in college. He is now. Is that his fault, or are people not training him properly? I really liked it when Matt Ryan broke down a mistake that he made on a uh, out route. Uh, in the New Orleans game, he said, look at his feet. Look at the way his feet are pointed. That's not where your feet are supposed to be when you when you throw that pass. Is that on him? Partially. But who's training this guy? You can't learn the NFL from the bench. You got to learn it under center. And you don't come out of college knowing it. And by the way, you forget about Justin Fields. Chicago ain't sending Justin Fields nowhere. And they tip their hands on that by keeping Matt Eberflus, they're gonna take a chance on an unproven commodity in the NFL when they could draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and then get Brock Bowers and compete for a title next year. I don't see it happening. The Falcons will well, be a yeah, whole I,
5: lot I, better. hang on, JD, because you're starting to you, you're moving over here. So again, I want to be able to have a conversation with you. Um, I don't disagree on the second part. Uh, I'd be really shocked if they took Bowers. Uh, I Marvin Harrison, yes, but you know they don't really call They don't really need another tight end. Uh, but th- having said that, I don't disagree that the Bears could absolutely stay with Justin Fields. Actually, I would probably at this point almost expect it. Um, th- but to the point about Desmond Rieder, the, the new coach, whoever the new coach is may decide, and the Falcons may say, look, we have control of this guy for another couple of years. We do think uh, that we see some good things in him, and he can be our backup. But the, the thing is, is, he's he's not going to be your starter next year. So the new coach can come in, and, and he can bring in a veteran quarterback, to your point, uh, somebody who can be a veteran quarterback for a year or so. And I don't know that the franchise wants to give up on Desmond Ritter. And I agree as well, and I've said this before, that I, I you know I, I think he was kind of poorly coached. And I th- don't think the offense fit him uh, because it wasn't exactly what they wanted to do. I think Arthur Smith wanted a Ryan Tannehill uh, and not a Desmond Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter, we've seen in my world, J.D., where Desmond at his best is somebody that's just kind of playing relaxed backyard football and is chucking it around and having fun. We've seen him make great passes like that. And, uh, and you know, kind of off you know, schedule passes where he's, you know, uh, you know pretty good. Uh, It's the pocket and on-schedule stuff where he's been pretty bad. And so, uh, I I don't know. I mean, pretty fair anyway. I don't think they've necessarily given up on him. And you may get your wish. eh? There's a good chance Desmond Ritter will be on this team next year. He just won't be starting.
8: Yeah, but, I mean, if, if you don't fix the offensive line, it doesn't matter. Desmond Ritter isn't the reason why Tyler Algier is getting hit three yards behind the line of scrimmage. They've never done anything about the offensive line. And it hasn't really worked. The offensive line, I'm just going to be honest, the offensive line hasn't really worked since Harvey Dahl, Tyson Clabo, and Todd McClure, okay? And if they they don't do something about edge rush in the draft, they need to go out in free agency and get the best center they can find. But they got to fix what's going on because if you can't pass block and your run blocking is inconsistent – you could have Joe Montana back there, and you're still going to lose. And I yeah, got to tell you this last I thing. I appreciate I'll, it. I'll end with this. Uh, Arthur Blank has been wanting uh, Billichick for years, and he's a billionaire. So I'll bet if he can be got, Arthur Blank's going to get him.
5: Yeah, he may, he J.D. And, and, again, all this is in the wash. There are no – Again, we can disagree without being disagreeable to say they've never done anything on the offensive line when you have three number one picks in Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry and Jake Matthews and a guy that you traded up for Matthew Bergeron to say they've done nothing on the offensive line is probably not true. Uh, and I would say the 2016 offensive line was the best offensive line in the NFL. It's one of the reasons the team scored 505 points, 515, whatever they scored in that year. That, that was a great offensive line. And Alex Mack was the difference when they went out and got Alex Mack. That changed that offensive line, and this is no slam on Hennessy or drawman or anybody. But yes, the center position is in need of, uh, you know, an all-pro. Uh, and I think, you know, if you can, the, we we went forever. Remember, left guard, left guard. Well, Matthew Bergeron proved a uh, left guard. So now we just we attacked the center there, and at some point we're going to have to talk about another tackle. Only because how long did Jake Matthews play? Uh, so yeah, I mean, of course, yes, there are other areas of the team that still need some addressing. Offensive line is one of them. It's not just all about the quarterback. And, and we may see, again, we may see uh, Desmond Ritter back with the team. Let's go to James in Mayretta. He's on with John. Hey, James.
9: Hey, John. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be quick. Uh, to answer your questions, uh, how far are we away? I, I think we're two years away. Quite frankly, Um, I think we should have been in the playoffs this year. Realistically, I think we can get there next year. I don't know that we're ready to compete for a Super Bowl, regardless of quarterback or coach. Uh, As far as coach, um, a couple of names that that are high on my list I haven't heard mentioned. One is Steve Wilkes. Um, I think his history uh, on the defensive side with Carolina, what he did was nothing short of a miracle last year. And this year he spent a a year not only on San Francisco's defense, which is at the top, but also sitting under Shanahan and understanding offenses. So uh, I think that you you get Steve Wilkes, you're also going to get somebody else from the Shanahan tree. Um, The other person is the – I can't think of his name, but he's the assistant head coach with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, we asked for – we asked to interview two. Yeah,
2: Anthony Um, Weaver.
9: Right, and what impressed impressed me more than what he's done with the defense through the years there is I read that he was the person that that led the the search group for the offensive coordinator and was um, a big part of selecting Monk in there. So it kind of tells me that, that he's also, while he's on the defensive side, has learned how to evaluate an offensive position within your uh, within your culture and and uh, I guess I'm going to close with um, I don't want to deal with any coach that wants control of all the player decisions. You look at the best pro the best uh, organizations in the NFL right now, they all have type top flight GMs, none of them have the coaches and GMs doing both philly, Baltimore
8: um,
9: San Francisco. Um, all the better ones the, the GM does the GM work the coach coaches um, they certainly work together but uh, I haven't seen yet anybody succeed trying to, to, to do both and
5: well, uh, I would that's say, all that
0: I, I have call from mom answer it call silenced
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
5: You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hang up, because I, I agree with you, James. Um, oh. I agree that I, I'm not a fan of the coach GM thing. Uh, however in order to get a coach I'm also not opposed to the coach having final roster say
9: and I'm and I'm good with I'm good with with that because even in you know even with with uh, with Baltimore I'm quite sure that that Harbaugh is the last word on on the on the rosters but I also believe that there's a lot of the GM understanding what the coach is looking for, and then going out and bringing those those candidates to the coach, and then they sit and talk about who do you like, and, and the coach gets the pick. But I don't think the coach can spend time coaching and be out looking for candidates to fit what they want to no, do. I, I think yeah, no,
5: I, I understand. That. I understand where you're coming from, right? And uh, and look at what uh, you know. John Harbaugh was able to. Thank you, James. Build in terms of his staff. If you if we're talking about, you know, his new offense coordinator, Tom Munkin. If we're talking about Anthony Weaver, his uh, you know assistant head coach, his defensive line coach out there. I, you go back to 2016, and I wonder if some Falcons fans realize what Dan Ah oh, Dan Quinn blah. You know what Dan Quinn had on his staff, or do you know who was on that staff? You you go back and look at it. Yeah, it was, in 2016, uh, Lafleur
6: and Mike McDonald and. All those guys, yes.
5: Yeah, Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, was on the staff. Matt LaFleur was on the staff. His brother was on the staff, too. (laughs) I mean, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, (laughs) that that staff, Jeff Ulbricht, that staff was tremendous. Tremendous. And so, yes, it was a tremendous staff. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of all play this out here. In terms of who, when you bring a coach in, it's not just about the coach. It's about who he can bring in as a staff, too. And now, I'm not expecting that you're going to, you know, have that if you're Rich McKay or Arthur Blank. No, no, but that's where you're leaning on Terry Fontenot to say, okay, yeah, that staff is going to be really good that he wants to put together. Yeah, that'll be a great staff. Because a great coaching staff, we just sat here talking about, you know, maybe the Falcons weren't coached so well. And is that all the the fault of, of one guy? Is the fault of, like, multiple people. Quick break. We're taking your calls. What do you want now? Will it work now? And how far away are we? And because I expect that next week we're going to get news. Uh, Sports Radio 90 time again. Last commercial break there, Oren. They were talking about True Detective, which is coming back tomorrow night. Uh, the uh, Jody Foster one, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. I mean, because the, the first one, the very first one, the Matthew McConaughey one, right? Matthew and Woody... Uh, and Woody was so great. Carcosa. And then year two, year two was like, eh,
6: eh, that was eh. the uh, Vince Vaughn one Ca- with the uh, yeah. the
5: trans the transportation
6: stuff or whatever.
5: Yeah, the one with the water in Los Angeles, and and then year three was really good. Yeah, was that was Mahershala, was, uh, Mahershala Ali. Year, year th- the third one was really good. So they had one bad year, two. Uh, and then one and three were really good, and I hope four is good. It's sort of it, not unlike Fargo, where um, the Chris Rock Fargo year oh, that was very good. Yeah, that was a bit forgettable. Yeah, yeah. The first three were really good, and then the Chris Rock one was—I don't know. it just wasn't the new far, Have you seen the new Fargo? I this watched one uh, watched the first episode of
6: it. Oh, not dude, gotten it, back it into gets, it, since, but
5: oh, dude. Yeah. Just, it, it, we're one episode away from the end—the ninth episode now. Oh, dude, that thing—it's—it's it's Fargo back to being Fargo. It keeps descending. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like movie. It keeps getting worse and we're just, you know, Instead of gets gets worse. The depravity kicks up like oh my, gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, worse. oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And This one is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. And there's some shows out there, by the way, if you're looking for a show to binge and stuff. If you've never seen uh, Fargo, you got to just skip the Chris Rock one. Uh, and uh, True Detective, and uh, even modern shows like because uh, I end up watching a lot of TV anymore. With the with the, with the Slow Horses is great. Uh, Slow Horses, if you like spy, uh, is great. Uh, and uh, Basseries is really good too. is really good. Uh, so anyway, um, we're talking with you about what you would do if you were, the, or what would you do here? Right, I let me just be fair to everybody else out there. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. I would go after a. Uh, a younger and hotter coach, not, I'm not talking about Paige Sporanik, I'm talking about I would match the coach with the quarterback and try and ride that way. But then I have a lot more time than Arthur Blank does. So what I want to do and what Arthur Blank wants to do are probably going to be different things. But would you match a, a hot young coach like a Ben Johnson with a draft pick like Jaden Daniels, or would you take a Belichick and put him with a veteran like a Kirk Cousins? You go, you get Harbaugh. Whatever it takes to get John. Har- well, what if you can't? Excuse me, you have to get Jim, Jim
6: Harbaugh here. I agree, but what if you can't? I mean, you strike out trying, I guess. But Jim is yeah, the I guy know, that's who fine. you gotta. That's fair. You gotta. Yeah. Like, by all accounts, would he
5: bring? He wouldn't, would. Would he, he? Would he draft JJ McCarthy though? I don't. I would hope not.
6: I would hope not. The thing is, though, you can't. Jim's gonna want full roster control and, sure. and things like that. I don't know if. That's something you want to give him? Let, let let Fontenot be the GM. Let Harbaugh go out there and coach football. Let those two guys work in concert and find some sort of way to move up in the draft to where either you're coming away with a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels, one of those two guys, because I don't know if Caleb is feasible from a, a – Kind of a an amount you have to give up standpoint, but yeah, find a way to get Drake or or Jaden, get Harbaugh here, and that's how you start. That that's where it starts right there.
5: All right, uh, Oran, where where am I going on this list? I've kind of lost the, the. We are at uh,
6: we're at line four. Oh.
5: Okay, let's go to O. O is with us. Oh, what up? You're on with John. Hey, o. hey. Hey, how y'all doing today?
6: Good man.
10: Uh, I just got a question. What has Rich McKay done? And why should we trust him to make the right decision now, given that he hired Bobby Petrino and he let Mike McDaniel and Matt LaFleur go and Kyle Shanahan, when we could have just moved one of them up and just continued on with Shanahan? But You're going to fire a coach. Our just,
5: wait, hang on. Stop, stop. You're going to fire a head coach that just went to a Super Bowl?
10: No, I ain't say fire Dan Quinn. I'm saying why when Kyle Shanahan left, you didn't promote
5: Matt LaFleur Mike McDaniel. Up oh, I the see coordinator. Because uh, that, his... that, yeah, that wouldn't have been his wouldn't have been his call.
10: Wouldn't have been who's call?
5: It wouldn't have been Rich McGay's call. It would have been Dan Quinn's call.
10: Okay. Either way, but... Still, what has Rich
5: McKay done up to this point? Because well, okay. I Again, mean, I, I said it at the beginning of the show, him, and I'm going to go back didn't... to this oh oh, 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 I don't know what you want of Rich McKay. He's not going to get fired. He's just not. But I mean, what has he done? I mean, this
2: well, it doesn't track matter what you think he's done or not done. Years. He's,
5: okay. Well, we did go to a Super Bowl. We've been to three NFC Championship games. Not like we've been totally devoid. Um, I, I, look, he's not getting fired. Okay. we we can talk about it all you want to the blue in the face. Arthur Blank, then Steve Cannon, then Rich McKay. He's Rich McKay is now the CEO of AMB Sports and Entertainment, which is a broader thing than just the Falcons. He's ahead of the Falcons. Yes. CEO of the Falcons. But he's also CEO of AMB Sports and Entertainment. He's brought, uh, you know, the national championship game uh, to Atlanta. He's bringing the World Cup to Atlanta. He's got a much bigger fish that he's frying up here in the food chain of AMB than, you know, who the uh, assistant coaches are.
10: Okay. That's that's
5: understood. And he's not getting fired. But we're talking about the Falcons.
10: What has he done for the Falcons? Because he was in charge and didn't give Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot a clean slate when they came in.
5: Yep.
10: They didn't get that money off the books until this season. Correct. So – what has he done? I mean, you had assets that you could have traded to get draft picks and try to get some of that money off the books when you were in charge after you um uh, fired Dimitrov. And you did nothing. You stood pet. You was like, Well, we just gonna go into a go into this and try to make it. I mean, we talk about the Falcon salary cap, but then we also talk about New um that team down there on the Gulf Coast. We talk about their salary cap and how they've been in
5: salary cap hell all these years, but they were always going okay, We're having a conversation that is, we're having a conversation you and I that is pointless. I, I'm sorry, it just is. Rich McKay is not getting fired. Okay, it's at the end of story. So what do we do to move on now? I mean, you can be as mad at him for whatever reason you think and you want. That's fine. I'm not arguing your point. It's just not going to happen. So. What's next? Who do you want to be the head coach? And who do I want to be the head coach? Sure.
10: I mean, it doesn't matter who I want because if the people in charge that's making that decision, I have to go along with whatever they go along with. I've been doing it for yes, the last do. 20 years. so well, I've been going if, along with it for
5: 50, 50. This is my yeah, 50th season. I mean, I'm yeah, saying under,
10: under the author Blank regime, the last 20 years we've been going through this.
5: So why should we trust them to make a sound decision? I guess you, I I guess you don't. I mean, but uh, okay, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. Oh, I do appreciate it. Thanks. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Okay, I maybe you don't trust them. All right, it's one of those. You don't trust me? No. Okay, and and what? What am I supposed to do? As a Falcons fan, what am I supposed to do? Say, uh, you suck. Okay. All right, so I suck. And we have to we have to hope that they do make the right decision. And they've made some right decisions in this franchise. Right, sometimes, I, I mean, am I as frustrated as you? But the franchise has been. You know, you know, down there in the swamp, they do things. Really? You know, that since they won their Super Bowl, and yes, they did win it. We've been to the Super Bowl twice. They haven't been back. <laughs> we've been twice. <laughs> you know, we didn't win, but we've been twice. They've they've only been to one. We've been to two, and more recent than them. So they've done some things right, correct? I mean, Martha Blank's done some things right here in terms John. of building a new facility. You know, I mean, all right, whatever. It's, again, it's a moot point.
6: No, but I'm saying I, I understand both of your points here about about Rich McCain not going anywhere. But I think to O's point, whatever happened, just wanting more. The idea that wanting the best, and even though that the guy is not going to be out of here, if. It's okay, I think, to kind of say that like, you don't think his direction sometimes is the best for this franchise going forward, whether he's going to get okay. pushed out or not. I think to O's point, he has answered the question, what about wanting more? What about wanting the best for the franchise, though?
5: Okay. All right. I'm, okay. I'm all for that. O oh, and I and you see I'm on the same page. All right. And what do you do? See, sitting around and bitching isn't going to do us any good. We have to have something right. I mean, complaining about it isn't going to help the problem. I mean, we all want to complain about it. It's great. I understand. I want to complain about it. You know, he's got 20 years in. I got 50, 50 years in. What Do I want to see a Super Bowl ring? Sure. You know, but again, standing around it, again, what are we doing about it? Complaining about it isn't helping, uh, Oren, right? I mean,
6: it's not. But at the same time, John, like you're saying, if he's not going out – then, if there's something that's going to happen to him decision-wise, then what other recourse
5: do we have but
6: to just do that to complain? Well, I,
5: I guess um, if it makes you happy, um, I don't know that it solves any problems. Uh, so you have to you have to trust that you're going to get the right people in the right the right spaces here. And I I mean you can't say I don't know. Did we – did you have any idea that Mike McDaniel was going to be the, – the Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur, was going to be Matt LaFleur? Maybe they didn't either at the time. Uh, you know, so it's, it's it's pretty easy to sit around and say, oh, yo, and we hired – Steve Sarkeesian turned out to be pretty good. I mean, <laughs> it's not like he was pretty bad. I mean, he was pretty good. So – uh, I, I, again, I don't know what what everybody wants here. Uh, you, you, we sit here and argue, and you want to be mad? That's fine. I have no problem. But do understand that Rich McKay is going nowhere. You're not ch- Arthur Blank. There's no chance that Arthur Blank is fired unless Rich McKay decides to retire. That's about the only way things are going to happen here. Let's go to uh, Bruce. Bruce is on with John. Hey, Bruce. Hey, John. How's it
2: going, man? Good, man. Um. Say so. I want a coach, you know, that's a head coach, not a coach that's a head coach slash a play caller. Uh, I, I got really tired of watching um, Arthur with his nose in his his play sheet. Instead of watching the game and watching the sideline, watching how his position coaches were working with the players, watching to see what the other team was doing out on the field, every time you'd see him, you'd, you'd see him with his nose stuck in his playbook. Because he's busy calling plays and not kind of watching the whole game.
5: Well, I guess, uh, you know, you're going to get your wish since he's not here no more. Uh, yeah, so you, you, know, you would you, you would rather have to def- go back and get a defense coordinator? Is that what you're saying?
2: I'd rather have a, a coach who manages other coaches. I'd rather have an offensive coordinator. I'd rather have a defensive coordinator. I, I went and looked at the coaching staff. I couldn't find a quarterback's coach. Um, do we have a quarterback? well? Dave Ragone
5: Dave Bagone, the offensive is technically the offensive coordinator, though he doesn't call the plays, and he was technically the, the the quarterback's coach, former quarterback Dave Ragone. He acted right, right. But no, I, I understand just, your I, point. I mean, yeah I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not so. I, I don't. It doesn't bother me. Um, You know, Mike McCarthy's face was in a playbook too. Yeah, happened to have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre as quarterbacks, so you know, right. or a couple of Super Bowls. You know, so I mean, you know, it's just. Uh, it, that really was never an aspect that uh, you know overly concerned me. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Uh, the days of a head coach standing there on the sidelines like Nick Saban or Bear Bryant are probably left to college. Uh, I don't think the NFL staffs are going to be large enough that you can't really be – I think the head coach has probably got to take one side of the ball.
2: Yeah. Well, and then defense is probably easier to call. It's just uh, – you know, you could tell that it was another situation where we, what we had uh, back, um, you know, with plays coming in late, uh, confusion, having to take timeouts. Uh, no, it wasn't good. And then, it was not good. Not not good at all. And then also, I think you know, a, a, a head coach should be making call play, and I know he's doing this, but he should be making uh, play calls on Thursday. You know, he should be he should be using. Dialing up plays that go to the strengths of his quarterback, and uh, and not letting him, you know, not giving him plays where he's has an. All right. So having phone, said that, who, who
5: who do you want? Who, who what what kind of fits your bill then, Bruce?
2: Boy, I, I don't know. You know, I I I guess I think of Belichick that I I you know I I don't see that working out. Um, I'm not a big J- Jim Harbaugh fan just because I'm just not a big Jim Harbaugh fan. Um, uh, I can coach. Yeah, he can coach. He can coach. Um, and he knows how to run a system, you know, and you can you can tell that. I mean, when when he can step away and his number two can win a game, uh, a big game, then um, that shows you they got a great system going on. So I guess there's that. I guess there's that.
5: Well, I, I mean, to, to your point, thanks, Bruce, for the call. The job of the head coach is to put in together a staff that can – I mean, and he did was Tavon Moore. I mean, Tavon Moore did a great job. Um beat Ohio State. And if, J- if Jim Harbaugh, you know, built the program back up, went to a Super Bowl with San Francisco, took Colin Kaepernick to a Super Bowl, beat us. Remember that game, 2012? We had 17 nothing at halftime, and then Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick, because we couldn't cover the damn tight end. <laughs> Should have been another Super Bowl, yeah. Should have been. All right, quick break as we continue. We're discussing...
4: advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com
5: and a veteran quarterback and keep desmond ritter again i i don't know what the answer is you don't know what the answer is we don't know what the answer is in terms of what the best move that the falcons can make right now you view it through the lens of arthur blank who's 82 years old this year that's one thing to keep in mind you know, the second thing is, is that I think the franchise, once we got out of cap hell over the last first two years, which so oddly, I, I think Arthur Smith handled very well, and Terry Fontenot handled very well for them to handle the first two years of cap hell with the Matt Ryan year and then the Noodle Arm Quitter year and all of the stuff that they had to do in and around being stuck, you know, with those with those uh, you know large contracts. Arthur Blank was, you know, kind of the architect of his own problem there when he went full – remember, it's the owner who went out and said, Falcon for life, you know, in Julio Jones, a Falcon for life in Matt Ryan. And you saw what that puts you into. And so, you know, that was a little meddling on his part. And now he's trying to, you know, delegate again and say, all right, let's do this. and And for those guys to do as well as they did the first couple of years, and I think they did really well, actually – To have it all kind of collapse on them this year uh, the way it did was disheartening. But it's not all gone, right? I think all of us can see that even though the team can use, you know, help at safety and help at corner and brush edge, and we all know about quarterback, that, you know, if you go out into the free agency again and you do have money, and they do have money, they will have money and with cap going up. They, I think they have something on the order of 36, 38 million now. You release some players, suddenly you have 52 or 55 million. Cap goes up, and you go, oh, we got 80 million dollars to play with, you know. So, they'll go out and get players, uh, and the new coach will go out and get players. Will he get a veteran quarterback? He may. Could he get a Russ Wilson? Could he get a Justin Fields? Could he get a Kirk Cousins? Could he get a you know Tannehill? Sure. I mean, there's not a whole lot out there in terms of veteran quarterbacks unless you want Kyler Murray. I don't want Kyler Murray uh so you may have to draft a quarterback but if you draft a quarterback then you probably got to get rid of Ritter and because you can't just have you can't have Jaden Daniels and Desmond Ritter I just don't see how that works Uh, or Jaden Daniels and Desmond Ritter as a combination that that doesn't seem like a workable solution to me does it in terms of what in terms of you have a lot of faith that that's going to work that combination yeah
6: well, the idea is that Desmond's not going to play, so if you draft Jaden, Jaden's going to be the guy who you want to play. So if you right. have to get you the backup anyway, I mean, it's kind of what you were this like last year. I mean, this
5: past season, like, would you rather have? All right, let me rephrase this. Would you rather have a guy like Jaden Daniels? You know, because coming in and winning because it's not like you know, it's an automatic here, right? I mean, with, with rookies, you get rookies. Some guys turn into C.J. Stroud. Some guys, uh, and again, we can go down the list of the Peyton Mannings and the, you know, the uh, uh, Troy Aikmans, but they were in different situations. Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman both, I think, won and 15 their first year, but they were on awful teams. This is not an awful team. This is a team that's ready to win right now. I really do think still that they're ready to win right now if they do it right next season. Everybody talks about two years away. That's fine. I understand two years away from maybe competing for a Super Bowl. But in my world, if you make the play, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now competing for a Super Bowl. Okay, they are. They're at home against the Eagles this weekend. They're Monday night. They're competing for a Super Bowl. they can't win that game? Have you seen the Eagles play lately? Um, yeah, they can. <laughs> so, uh, but so you you're not opposed to the idea of a rookie coming in and starting, is your point? I'm not, No, I'm not opposed to it at all. Okay. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. We're asking you where we stand with the Atlanta Falcons. I- I'm not really opposed to it if the if the coach can convince me of it. I just want a little bit of help here. Let's go to Josh. Is it Josh? Is that where we're going next? I'm sorry. Say that again. Josh. All right. Let's go to Josh. Hey, Josh. Welcome to the show. You're on with John.
11: Yeah. Hey, guys. Enjoying it, man. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. So. Um, you know, just talking about the Falcons head coach, and the, one of the previous callers said something about the head coach not being a coordinator. Well, there's a guy in San Francisco that's doing pretty good at, at that, right? Um, oh, right? So so I don't have a problem with that necessarily, but I think Ben Johnson, um, you know, up in Detroit, the offensive coordinator, if he's not at the top or near the top of our list, uh, you know, the guy has taken the Detroit Lions, to I think two top five offenses in the last two years. I think he was a walk on at North Carolina um, to start his college career, but he's coached tight end, wide receivers, um, all across the board. Quarterback, the most important position in the game, we all agree on that, right? Um, and he's done something with a franchise that has typically been absolutely pitiful. Um, that's, and I'm not saying Dan Campbell hasn't been a big part of that, but um, I think I think that guy's a, one of those you know, kind of pick them Shanahan guys before Shanahan became Shanahan. I think he'd be somebody to to take a, a strong look at it. And, and this game is all about offense nowadays, right? So, um, you know, I love defense. i played defense, you know, but, but offense is where it's at. That's where the rules are set. So, um, yeah. What do you guys think about Ben Johnson?
5: Oh, he's a hot commodity. I mean, he's going to be a head coach. He'll be a head coach. The seven teams that have openings, Ben Johnson will be on one of them. I think the you know, the Panthers are certainly looking at them. Boy, I, I, I would have a hard time turning down an open head coaching job in the NFL I, I, if I were a coordinator and never been a head coach. So he's not going to turn it down. But, boy, that Panthers organization, whew, brother, you think we got issues? We got nothing here. We are we are the veritable rock of consistency and, uh, you know, oh, my God, what David Tepper's doing in, ta- in Carolina, I, how we lost to those guys is, like oh God. <laughs> uh so uh, but anyway that's neither here nor there that organization is in disarray you want to talk about it? oh i'm mad at arthur blank try being a carolina panther fan try being a david david tepper team <laughs> no ben johnson's gonna get one of these jobs uh a lot of people saying he's gonna get the job with the commanders that's another franchise <laughs> talk about us <laughs> look at that and we lost to those guys too oh, oh God. help me uh, no, Josh is right. Ben Johnson will be a head coach. He'll get one of these seven jobs. Les is uh, joining us this morning. Uh, pardon me. That's all. That's just that's just a habit. Uh, Les is joining us this afternoon. Hey, Les.
0: Hey, John, I love listening to you. Uh, I know you've been following the team a long time. I'm a 20 plus year season ticket holder. And I I have a question and I have a statement question to you, sir, is. Do you remember outside of Keith Armstrong ever being blocked? One of our one of our assistants being blocked from interviewing for another job. I, I I can never recall. I knew I knew Armstrong was, but for three three assistants to be blocked, that just screams something is going on behind the scenes. Does it not to you?
5: Yeah, it does. I think it's a fair point. I mean, to have assistants be blocked from interviewing for other jobs uh, is a. Uh, that's terry Fontenot saying he likes the staff and you know he, he, he is terry Fontenot kind of you know indicating that uh he he wants a head coach to accept uh, some of the people that are already on staff he may and uh, you know how does that yeah. limit you because you know less where i am right hired as a head coach especially if i'm a jim harbaugh you know i'm coming and saying i'm bringing my own people in now i'm not you know right i'm not it's just that I'm just not accepting it. But if Belichick may, I mean, look at it this way, Les. Let me see if I can answer your question as I understand it. As I understand it, Ryan Nielsen is highly, highly thought of down in the swamp. So much so they did not want to lose him. And until the kind of the collapse late at the year, and you could blame some a, a lot of things on that. The fact of the matter is, this Falcons defense had overperformed compared to previous Falcons defenses, maybe over the last. 10 to 15 years, and so they view him as a long-term potential head coach down in the Swamp, and Terry Fontenot may view him as a head coach uh, in waiting for this team. He could actually be elevated. I mentioned it about three weeks ago. What if they just elevated Ryan Nielsen and went after the hottest coordinator they could get their hands on uh, uh, to run the offense? So that may be an option to them. That's A, is elevating Ryan Nielsen uh, to head coach, and B, if they don't elevate Ryan Nielsen to head coach now, maybe they could elevate Ryan Nielsen to head coach with the promise that he is the assistant head coach and the head coach in waiting for a period of two years, thus hiring for two years.
0: Right. Yeah, and I agree with you. I agree with you, John. Uh and my statement is and, and not so much on, on this station uh station or your your opinion, but where where are we as Falcons fans to, to where someone can say that or have the standpoint of Bill Belichick is not good enough for the Atlanta Falcons. Where are we as a fan base? Like We have some type of championship caliber consistency year in and year out where we're saying one of the greatest coaches in NFL history ain't good enough for us. And I'm going to hang up, John. Thank you, sir. I
5: appreciate it, Les. Yeah, <laughs> We're it nice that we could be that, that kind of franchise, right? You're just not good enough for us. Okay. Of course – uh, again, why, why Belichick at this era? You know, somebody mentioned uh, one of the previous calls, and pardon me for not remembering who, uh, that he just wants to pass Shula for the most wins of all time. Um, you yeah, know, sure, I, I guess there's always that kind of motivation. I mean, I think every a- athlete, every coach wants to break records. isn't? You know, I mean, doesn't LeBron want to break records? Everybody wants to break records, right? And so, sure, would he want to, is that a motivation? Is that a bad motivation? You mean he wants to win a bunch of games in two years? We should be mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what?
1: <laughs>
5: okay, uh, uh, yeah. Let's go to uh, JD and Flowery Branch. Hey, JD, welcome to the show. My little friend,
2: your your map friend.
5: Hello. Yeah, I didn't. I all right. I missed out on that one. Uh, let's go to Ken in Lawrenceville. Ken's on with John. Hey, Ken.
12: Hey, what's going on, man? Can you hear me just fine? Back can. Okay. Hey. Um, by the way, I love you guys, man. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Um. I just want to touch on these two things, but I, I really think people need to understand that Rich McKay doesn't have anything to do with extra products on the field. And I just, I don't think he gets enough credit where credit is due. But I just thought I I feel we keep calling for him to do the movie. That's That's way off base. Um. And, and, and secondly, this whole thing with the whole offensive line, scapegoating the offensive line, what did Joe Burrow do the year that he was the most sacked quarterback in the league? Do you know what he did that year?
5: I'm listening. He Go his ahead. T-
12: yeah, he, he took his team to the Super Bowl. Most hit, most, most sack quarterback that year, most hit, but still he managed to get to the Super Bowl.
5: Why? And you know, and, and, and after that, guess what? <laughs> he got, he got <laughs> look, so I, beat up. <laughs> look, I, I hear you, man, but still, though, like,
12: I, I just wish we would stop taking that low hanging fruit because if we had a quarterback that was, you know, giving us better than some, some part play, You know, a a good to great quarterback is able to, you know, anticipate more, you know, see where the pressure's coming from, move his launch points. He can work with a bad offensive line or an average offensive line. And and, and I feel like what got Arthur Smith killed was that he gambled on a third-round quarterback hoping that he was going to turn out to be a Russell Wilson, and and he did not. That's just what happened. I honestly feel like that's the only thing that sunk him. And moving forward, also – Ritter has to be careful because he could have this coach killer label placed upon him, if you know what I'm saying. So I I just feel like this next um, coach that comes in, man, he's just going to have to be real sound and real careful about, you know, who he attaches his wagon to as far as who his quarterback is going to be moving forward.
5: Yeah, no, that's true of every coach and every quarterback. I agree. And it'll be interesting to see if they keep Desmond Ritter. You know, uh, when we see the new coach, and I think, I don't expect the Falcons are going to, I think the Falcons are going to move fairly quickly. And the reason I think the Falcons, twofold. One is that I think they made the decision on Arthur Smith after the Carolina game. And when they did, they began to survey the lay of the land. And so they kind of got a little bit of a jump on it. And number two is, is that they know that they have to fix that quarterback situation so they have to make a get a coach in here so that they can make a decision on whether or not they're going to go into free agency is going to be here in what eight weeks right all ahead we're talking for another hour about uh, what would you do now what do you want and what do you see happening with the atlanta falcons on sports radio 90? on the game